What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Again, I am so happy to be back in front of the microphone with you this week. Um, Thank you all so much for um, the feedback from the last episode. I'm glad that you all really enjoyed it. I think talking about struggle seasons is very hard. And just in full transparency, I think that I'm learning in this season for sure the value of full transparency. I think that I'm also learning what it really looks like to be in a season um, and knowing that seasons take time and that they're not always the most enjoyable. And so I'm really glad that y'all enjoyed that episode. So this week we're going to talk about something pretty new. I don't think I've ever introduced this on the podcast. If I've talked about it, it might've been very, very like quick, but I don't know if it's going to be a part one or part two. I may be able to get through part one of this, but if I don't, we're going to definitely make this into a part two because I want to be able to give you all the technical terms of this, but also explain it very, very basic because I truly believe this has a lot to do with the way we interact with God, we interact in relationships, our healing process, and just overall understanding what it looks like to kind of start healing from these things. As I talked about in kind of the struggle, um, or like when you're in a struggle season, I'll I'll just call it a struggle season. There's a very, you are processing a lot of emotions and our interaction with how we deal with or regulate, meaning how we kind of go through feeling emotion can be a challenge for some of us. And what I've really come to understand from being a therapist is that there's a lot that goes into play with how we deal with things and a lot of it can come from attachment styles which is what I'm going to talk about um, today and how we attach to people in relationships how we interact in relationships and also how we interact with ourselves um, and how we kind of deal with things I truly believe that relationships is probably one of the greatest gifts that God has given us um, from going through my own therapy process and realizing 
more so now the type of attachment style I had growing up. I think that I learned that so much of my way of interacting in relationships was very unhealthy and it impacted the way that I dealt with things or sought support. And I think a lot of this day and age now, we're understanding the value of seeking support. But when you haven't really dealt with your trauma or dealt with the way you show up in relationships, it can be really hard to navigate through your personal way of dealing with things and the way you attach to people, seek out help, share emotionally, and really can sometimes feel like you don't have anybody to share these deep-rooted things with. And so the reason I wanted to talk about attachment styles in particular with this podcast is because I also believe not only our attachment style, quote-unquote, which I'll explain more in a second, has a lot to do with the way we interact with relationships, but I do believe it also has a, way, has a lot to do with how we interact with God. I didn't really know this maybe until within the last year, of the way that I talked about my therapy process before and how, you know, my therapist is a Christian therapist. But one of the things that I explored personally was how my trauma impacted the way that I looked at God. And I don't believe personally that there aren't going to be pitfalls at times with the way we interact with God and our relationship with him. There are going to be times where you just really struggle because God is a perfect being and it's very hard to conceptualize and understand a perfect being who does not sin, who is perfect, who doesn't, who, and someone who really genuinely unconditionally loves you. And when I say unconditionally, meaning there's no conditions with God, you don't do anything that separates you from him if you are his. And so it's very hard. It's a very hard concept to get. And I think we go through a lifetime of really learning and believing this concept of you love me unconditionally. Because a lot of our um, parental examples or even um, examples of people in our lives have probably been not the best, which impacts the way we view God and it can impact the way we look at him as a father or a provider or a person that loves us and etc essentially so I wanted to talk about attachment styles because I think one of the things that I've learned in doing therapy is that when a client is able to understand and kind of name their emotions it helps them be able to learn to process it and more so than anything I think identification is really important and my platform I feel like has always been a platform of relevance relevance relevant being relevant meaning like I share personal things, but I also try to be very understanding of like, I want what I'm saying to make sense and also be relevant to you. And so this is going to be kind of very technical in the sense of the language I'm going to use and talking about attachment styles. It is a theory in the sense of like, it is a, um, like a psychological approach and understanding theory, meaning a lot of times in like research or um, anything related to like research, y'all know y'all been in school before, like hypothesis and all this kind of stuff. They test this out to see. There's tons of different theories of things of as to why we act the way we act. And attachment theory is basically one of them. It's a theory of the way that we basically are attached to our parents growing up 
impacts the way we interact in our you know social relationships and also emotional development and so I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to be able to explain how attachment within itself especially now being a mom I can see why attachment plays such a deep role into our lives it's such an intricate part into our lives but also as a counselor I've seen how it plays into again how people process emotions how we seek out help how we even view relationships, how we even open up to other people has a lot to do with attachment. And I think when you all can identify, the healing process starts. There is a disclaimer in this and saying, because this is a theory, I think that it still has to be personally kind of accepted to begin to kind of explore. I never want y'all to take what I say is like the law, but Um, I do want you to know, like, it has a lot to do with relationship. And I think relationship is very, very, very important when it comes to learning to trust others, when it comes to learning how to share with other people, feeling like a lot of us have been in broken situations and broken relationships. And so our frame of reference of relationship can be extremely unhealthy. And we may not even know it's unhealthy until it's really addressed and I think I get this a lot um, when I am doing counseling because I think a lot of times we grow up with this sense of like our personal understanding of the world that when it's challenged we feel the impacts of that challenge whereas like for me I definitely felt I was always challenged in my belief of what I thought was acceptable what wasn't acceptable but also even more on a deeper level, how I was impacted and how someone else's uh, way of doing something impacted me to the point to where now I have to work through all the BS. Okay, girl. And, you know, sometimes that's just a little bit frustrating. And I think we have to be okay with the fact that it's frustrating because it is a part of the healing process which I believe is lifelong. I don't, I do not subscribe to the microwave um, healing process of trauma. I just don't. I do believe that it is lifelong. I do believe it's something you have to constantly address and hit. And you're going to be, there are things four years ago that I'm like, oh, wow, I'm over. But now, like, I'm dealing with a lot of other stuff that are still things from childhood. So, That was a long, long introduction to this, but I wanted to give the groundwork for why I wanted to talk about this. So what in general is attachment styles and why do they matter? Well, in general, attachment styles are our way of interacting with or attaching ourselves to others. These influences impact how we move and interact in relationships. And again, like I said, additionally, I feel like they are a big part into how we process and deal with emotions more personally. So there are four different attachment styles. I'm going to go through at least two today. One is probably very understandable um, and the other three are a little bit more complicated and they can probably further explain a little bit into why you may feel a certain way. I do think that um, they, you can have more than one attachment style in different situations. You can have more than one attachment style with different people, depending upon who the person is. Um, and why this is important, because it's un- good to understand how you can kind of react to certain things. It's not always a one size fits all 
fits all such a scenario, you can really have like a secure attachment. Like I feel like I have a secure attachment with my husband, but then there are probably times in our relationship that I may have felt I had an avoidant attachment with him. And I'll explain that more or an anxious attachment with him because of different things I've experienced as a kid. And so um, mostly I want to share this, these technical terms for identification. If you're in counseling, you can take these to your counselor and say, you know, I'm really thinking that I may have X, Y, and Z attachment. And I want to delve into that a little bit more. So let's just kind of start with secure attachment. So secure attachment on a basic level is basically you had a secure attachment. And when I talk about attachment, I'm going to frame a lot of this around parents. If you didn't grow up with your parents, you may have had very inconsistent um, authority figures growing up that were around you. But also, I do believe that attachment can change. So whereas you may have secure attachment as a kid, you may have had other attachment styles as a teenager. Maybe your parents divorced or something around your teenage years very pivotal emotional time it's a lot of where we start to understand emotions a little bit more or even when you became an adult certain things might have happened and so they're just there I think that it can change throughout life um and so I'm describing this more so with parent child relationship but you can identify this if you had a grandmother that raised you or an aunt that raised you or uncle that raised you Um, so on and so forth. And you can even identify this when it comes to experiencing trauma. So with secure attachment, of course, it's basically having a safe attachment. You feel like you, um, trusted your parent. You feel like you had a very, um, easy way of talking to them about different things. You did, you felt like, um, they were very warm. They had good communication. They were very, social they were easy to connect to you could talk to them basically about anything never um probably felt like um they were ever you know inconsistent you maybe never felt that way they were very very emotionally supportive you felt very comfortable being alone but also in close relationships you may have an ability to even like self-reflect and like know how it is and when you react to something or your parents may have grown up and they might have modeled that in them apologizing for certain things or things they might have said really show their introspection to themselves. Instead of kind of the notion I think a lot of us grew up with, like, as you do as I said, and you do as I said, not as I do kind of thing, where you just kind of do what your parents say just because. And so it really goes into like you having a voice, but also you being able to share that connection with your parents. Again, with that as well, is you might have seen your parents be very calm. You might have seen them be very um, respectful. You might have saw open communication between you, them, and another person. There was compromise. Just very healthy things that we kind of, some of us may have never grown up seeing, but also just like you see it often and it can create secure attachment. They were there to meet your needs. When you were a kid, you cried. They came to you asked you what was wrong you know they were just very very available what this does is this creates some what I like to call emotional safety it can create physical safety and the ability to feel like you can depend on other people without feeling like you're totally dependent okay 
So we're going to kind of go into the next attachment style. And this will probably be the one that I land with with this episode. There probably is going to be a part two. I'm going to go through the attachment style and then I'm going to talk about how to solve it. And then I'm going to close out with how I believe this impacts our faith. Um, and there'll probably definitely be a part two because I definitely don't think I'm going to get through this. My intro was so long. But we're going to talk about anxious attachment and I'll share probably stories of my attachment style. Um, my attachment style was more avoidant dismissive, um, which will probably be part two of this episode, um, which you'll hear next week, but anxious attachment. So this attachment style really goes along the lines of people who have a deep fear of abandonment. Um, and it can be kind of seen as like as a child, their parents were very inconsistent um, and even responded inconsistently. So meaning like if you and, I, and I'm using a the small child example, but even more as an adult or, or a teenager, you might something be wrong and your parent may run to you around what is going on. But then there may be times where something's wrong with you and they completely are unresponsive. And really what that kind of creates is this unsureness of what to expect. And you also have trouble feeling secure in relationships. You get like where somebody might be very um, amazing in the beginning, like completely amazing. And you can remember that time when they're amazing, but then they like switch and like turn into a different person. And it's like, I don't know what I'm going to get from you. This can also come into like narcissistic behaviors um, or narcissistic relationships where you can feel um, that person with themselves can even feel very clingy. They can feel controlling, very possessive. You might find that in an anxious attachment, you may feel very clingy, controlling, possessive, very jealous. You may feel very demanding of your partner or a person. And so because of this insecure or inconsistency that you might have felt with a parent you kind of don't really know how to navigate and so you may have lacked safe and loving parental relationship and this could be due to emotional neglect which basically looks like uh, don't nobody care about all that crying or suck it up you need to stop crying or um, just very like dismissive of emotions Um, This could be with abuse, abandonment, meaning like you might have felt at times where your parents abandoned you or they were gone for periods of time, but then there were periods of time when they were around. And as a kid, you don't really know what to expect from that because it's very inconsistent. Or if mom or dad was around, when they were around, they were great. But when they were gone, it's like you didn't know what happened. So very inconsistent parenting. There also might have been some level of inattentiveness, meaning sometimes they're, sometimes not. When they're, they are there, they might be really available and rewarding, but then there might be times where they're unavailable or not responsive. Again, going back to even narcissistic behaviors with um, people that you might be in relationships with, when they are in their perfect state or nothing is wrong, it's like you are very, like you feel the love. But when they're not, it's like, completely unresponsive, avoiding and talking to you, things like that. And also too, parents can show um, narcissistic tendencies as well with manipulation or, 
you kind of feel like you're walking on eggshells around them at times. You can feel as though like um, their resultant behavior towards you is punishment, meaning like they avoid talking to you or they kind of cut you off or they basically kind of shame you for different things. And this can be a very big example of anxious attachment because it's very inconsistent. Another reason uh, or another way that goes into anxious attachment is a parent might provide, um, a parent may be very uh, dependent on you emotionally instead of understanding that you have needs. So your response as a kid or maybe a teenager is usually that you may feel very attentive in a relationship um, or very or be there all the time because you feel like that's the only way you'll get your needs met. So like that could look like if you were very responsive to a parent, they gave you a lot of validation. And this can create a lot of feelings of lacking emotional safety. What I like to explain to clients because you may never know what you're going to get. You're very unsure of if I share this, what are they going to say? And you kind of just don't really know how to navigate often. So this creates a high level of anxiety. Um, And it really is hard for people to kind of feel as though they feel safe or even feel like they are okay in a relationship because it often feels as though, like if I express what I feel, they're going to say something or I'm not sure how they're going to respond or their response is very like, you're unsure. You almost go into a lot of situations with a guard up and it, and it really creates impact into the way that you react to a lot of things because you feel as though I'm not sure what I'm going to get. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And so I like to explain, and there have been times where I have felt anxious attachment um, in my own relationship with my parents. Um, I definitely felt, I never really felt any type of attachment to my father because I really kind of never really got even consistency. Like it was never to me, it felt consistent ever. It always just felt inconsistent. So to me, I'd always responded in like, there's never going to be really any consistency in this situation. But for my mom, on the other hand, I did feel like there were some parts of anxious attachment, but more so avoidant for me in times of just like, feeling more so like the emotional part of being the person that was there emotionally. And so for me, how I responded was 
you know, I basically just kind of like threw myself into a lot of relationships where the person maybe wanted so much from me and I felt validated by their desire to need me. It creates a lot of need of people pleasing, essentially because you you want to make sure that you're doing everything you need um, within a relationship. So what happened is you, even for me, I would cling to that person because I felt like I needed to help. And again, this creates a high level of anxiety because if something is not right, you feel like you have to respond or always be there. And it can create, again, this lack of emotional safety because you're in harm because of that. And so how to solve this? So kind of unpacking that and knowing that this is a thing, I, I want to preface this to say, I know oftentimes it's very hard for us to hear that these things have happened. Um, even for myself, I'm working through my own stuff related to parenting and I'm seeing a lot of my own um, behaviors from both sides of my parents come out and it's really hard like it's hard to come to terms with the fact that this is a struggle because I think oftentimes we paint the picture that we have to be perfect in situations and I heard um, a podcast um, by Jackie Hill Perry and her husband and one of the things he said is hold on I'm gonna actually tell y'all um one of the things Preston was talking about, they were talking about the conversation of um, sex and marriage, which I can link the podcast below because that has nothing to do with what I'm going to say. But one of the things Preston said I thought was so profound was we don't get to dictate the way God sanctifies us. And I think that was so profound to me because it made me realize that us walking out like sin is in the world period like I don't like period the hard part of, of identifying that you had an anxious attachment or struggle with attachment and how much it is impacting you I think the harsh reality is like really saying that this is impacting me and I'm messed up because of it and I think that we try to create this facade that if we're starting counseling where you know we're doing these things that were perfect and that's just never the never the situation and I see I think the more we get out of this portrayal of putting a face on for God often or feeling like we have to do those things or we can't be broken the more humble we will become to be able to wrestle with him about these things so currently I feel like I'm wrestling with God about how I feel about stuff and it's really challenging my need to not be defensive and uh, walk in forgiveness because to me it's it's very frustrating that I'm still triggered. It's very frustrating that I'm still dealing with this. It's very frustrating that even I can identify this is a problem but it's just hard for me to work through. And what I love about God and what I said to the Holy Spirit today was that I appreciate your patience because your patience with me, Lord, through this is helping me understand that it's not a walk that you aren't aware that it's a struggle for me. And so I say before I kind of get to the way of how to solve it is y'all can't we can't microwave this process. And so I'm going to use a scripture in reference to this of Philippians 2 and 12 that says, Therefore, beloved, just as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And I think it's really important that we 
understand that it is working to be saved. Like you, once you become saved, it's kind of like you can think that all these things are going to be wiped away, but it's a constant working through. It's constantly working through your pride. It's constantly working through all these things. But on the flip, flip side of that, it's also understanding that these people that were assigned to us to parent us, they themselves have their own trauma. And it's hard to look at that and through compassion's eyes when you're triggered, when you're angry, when you're aware of the problem and they aren't aware. And I think one of the things that a lot of us really want is sometimes for our parents to acknowledge, you know, the depths of the things that have happened, the depths of the ways we've been hurt. But even if you never always get that acknowledgement, even if you never get that, I'm sorry, even if you get the, I'm sorry, but even then you don't even feel like it's genuine. You don't feel like it's accepted. It's very hard to work through and you have to know that it's a process. Um, And so when I get into how to solve this, I just want to say that, for the purpose of knowing that it's hard to recognize the identify the identifying factor of why and then face the reality to grieve through it. Because a part of this too is you're grieving time. You're grieving what would have happened if my parents were given the tools. You're grieving the fact that you have to face this in order to essentially turn this around. You're revealing more about yourself through this process. And so beginning to get to how to solve this when it comes to anxious attachment, I think we have to recognize that these attachment styles are there um, and that you can process it in counseling. You can process the trauma. You can process it in relationships. I think the other part of this too is that the gift of relationship with other people is you get to bring these things to those conversations to say like this is what I'm feeling I'm feeling very overwhelmed and not everybody is blessed to have those probably secure attachments with people I know I wasn't when I first started counseling I didn't even know how to verbalize what was going on and so my counselor was really the only one that I could talk to about it because I struggled so much with opening up to the people because again my attachment style that I really feel like wasn't the one that I um identified the most with was avoidant dismissive which I'll talk about in the next episode um and so you have to recognize the attachment style or recognize you're struggling with it and process through it and it takes time you need to work on ways to ground yourself and your own self-worth and worthiness so It really goes back to understanding that you deserve to be loved and deserve to be secure. Um, And when you have anxious attachment, you're never sure. And so certainty is a huge thing. Grounding is a huge thing. And it goes back to you being very grounded in your own self-worth and worthiness and boundaries. Because the other thing about attachment, anxious attachment, is that you open the door because you get validation from people who share with you. You get validation from people, maybe sometimes being inconsistent, but you kind of like, I can remember a time when they were very consistent, X, Y, and Z. And then experiment on a repeated basis to meet others, To I mean, to meet your needs for yourself and for other people. 
you have to practice. So what does it, it goes back to like, what does it look like for me to meet the needs of my friend in a relationship? For one, I would say it being very reciprocal because if it's not reciprocal and you're the only one pouring, that's not helpful. But also on the other hand, I think we also have to recognize too that sometimes friends are in seasons. Whereas you may pour in more in one season than the other, but is it ever reciprocal? And if it's not, then really understanding where that comes from. Also, I think recognizing too that there are you, there are clear indicators of you're like, this isn't right, or this isn't good, or this isn't helpful to my mental health. And really push past what you feel is comfortable and dealing with it, quote unquote, and really being like, I don't have to be in this unhealthy, non-emotional safe situation. Um, and so I really want to kind of delve into why this impacts our faith. Um, and I really just want to say, like, our attachment can sometimes be convoluted with the way we view God. And I think it takes a lot of different things. And I think it also goes to you know, the transitions we have in life, I'll say for myself in understanding what it has changed from me being a single, single woman to being married, to being a parent and having to know that I'm attached to these people essentially for life, how my attachment or the way that I have shown or, or have attached in relationships has shown up. I'm always so thankful that I went through counseling at the top of my marriage by myself because I think it really shaped the way I view my husband. But also, the way I viewed him in year one is way different from year four. And so, kind of, I don't necessarily now depend on him emotionally to be the one to satisfy my needs emotionally. But I do also share what I feel emotionally or need from him. And that helps me instead of kind of this um, unstated expectation versus I can expect this of him because I've talked about it with him. If he can't do that, that's a conversation we have. And then I have to kind of shift my expectations, but my attachment and the way that I show up comes up in this, but it also can even come up in the way that I view God. And the reason why I talked about those transitions is because I depend on God in the way that I attach myself to my relationships, whether it be my son my husband, myself, all the time. But my only way of really knowing how to navigate those is attachment to him, which I'll say has been challenged so many times because because I have an avoidant attachment style. Again, I don't want to get too deep into that. There are times where my reaction to God is very avoidant, um, which I'll go into deep detail. But if you're someone that is very atta- uh, anxious attached you may see God as very inconsistent. You may see him as somebody who doesn't show up. You may have experienced God in one season and really always go back to that season mentally and emotionally to where you have no viewpoint of God in the future because you're like, everything seems to be so inconsistent. The triggers of this also will constantly happen. You're going to constantly be unpacking, unpacking this over time. It's never a, I think you'll start to feel safer in your faith, especially if you're exploring God in a truthful way, not a religious way or a way that's very just 
not true, just in general, I'm not really a girl. Like, if you're looking at God through a religious lens, you're always going to be looking at what do I need to do to make sure God, like, is around. And it's a very performance based, which is why it's un- it's in it's unstable because you often feel anxious or feel like you're being judged or feel like God's angry with you if you're not doing something right. And you feel very frustrated and condemned all the time. And that's not freedom. That's not the freedom we're supposed to experience through Christ. And so you have to unpack that. You have to really see where did that start? Where did that come from? And know like that's not God's character. And it takes sometimes time believing that God is there, believing that his character is who he says because you're having to unpack what other people have done, which is but it's going to happen because we're in a sinful world. But God's nature never changes. Um, and so unpacking that over time is not something that's worked on or solved overnight. Um, and just knowing that relationships are necessary to work out our salvation. I think our viewpoint of relationships really has to really be worked out and it takes time again. I know I keep saying that over and over. Y'all gonna get tired of me saying that, but it does take time because it is a point of understanding that you have to learn how to trust people. You have to learn what do I need in a relationship? What do I require? When do things become too much? How do I even voice these things to other people? And knowing how to navigate that is something that is going to be pretty much a lifelong process. But relationships are necessary to work out our salvation with each other so that we can become and start to experience freedom. So those are what I'm going to talk about. Um, That one in particular, um, anxious attachment, I'm talking about in this episode. Part two, I'm going to talk about a little bit more in detail of avoidant dismissive attachment, which is I'll be sharing, child, all my tea with y'all, I feel like, (laughs) because I'm going to really be going into detail around what that looks like. And in the third um, episode, I'll be talking about fearful avoidant attachment, which is going to be so interesting. So make sure you all stay tuned for that. Be on the lookout next Sunday for that episode. And that's all for this week. I'll be sure to attach that podcast I recommended and um, any of the articles that I pulled some of this information from. I will attach those in the show notes as well in case you are a nerdy like me and want to refer to them. But I love y'all and I will talk to y'all soon. Have a good week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.